0: Welcome to Tips from Trestle. This podcast is dedicated to discussing the senior living industry with a unique focus on food, hospitality, and leadership. I'm your host, Aaron Fish. As a 25-year veteran of the hospitality industry, I've focused my work on creating exceptional experiences for the customers we serve. My goal for this podcast? Educate, inform and inspire leaders in senior living to bring food and hospitality to the front of mind in our industry. Let's bring the innovative and passionate spirit of hospitality to everything that we do for the residents, families, guests, and employees we serve each and every day. So what are we waiting for? Let's get to it. Here's part two of my conversation with Stacy Shuey as we continue talking about Hands for Life and we get into the details of how we service our customers and the value of creating an environment of trust. So Stacy, we obviously got to learn about you and Hands for Life and your amazing project in Honduras. And we started to talk about uh, how to start changing the, the, the mindset of the people working in our communities. So I wanted here in part two to really dive into that and talk about how we service our customers uh, and kind of some of your thoughts about that. You know, I... As somebody who also came from the hospitality industry into senior living, I appreciate that that background and that knowledge. I feel that it's much needed in senior living. And so um, I wanna pick your brain a little bit about that. How can we improve upon what we're doing today to better serve our customers?
1: Yeah, so um, we talked in the last episode about um, my project in Honduras. And doing the work there is providing me with a clean slate, I have a blank canvas to um, take a set of employees who are nationals, um, local people in Honduras and train them in a way of thinking that they have not been exposed to, um, Mm -hmm. who don't have any preconceived ideas of customer service or, um, so we can go in and train them up in a way of giving care that does have a heavy emphasis on hospitality. I come from a hospitality background, um, worked for Hyatt Corporation for many years and then started my own hospitality company and so it's just ingrained in me to always be thinking what can i do for you to anticipate needs um to i always worrying about how is that person feeling are they comfortable do they need anything that's just how my brain is wired right so when i um switched industries over to senior living industry and i was an executive director i really tried to instill the culture of hospitality in senior living. And I um, went back on that Ritz-Carlton credo and motto. Yeah. I'm sure you're familiar with it, where Ritz-Carlton's credo is thinking, seeking to um, enliven the senses and, and instill well-being and fulfill even the unexpressed wishes and needs of guests. So that's the credo that they live by. Um, as employees of Ritz Carlton and their motto is we are ladies and gentlemen serving ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's just so simple and beautiful and easy to transfer over to how we're looking at our seniors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, first of all, I totally agree. I think the idea of, you know, one of the things that we had, we had talked about early on was you know we talk a lot about you know residents living in in their home when they come to an assisted living and we want to create a home like environment and i think sometimes when that happens we get away from realizing and seeing those residents as our customers right because we try to create a family atmosphere which very important to do but i think if we can can get our staffs to understand that you no, know, these are paying customers. You know, they are the one they pay a rent uh, invoice every month, and that rent invoice pays your salary and it pays for all of the amenities that they get. Uh, you know, I, there are plenty in the industry that are do that and try to do that, but I think there's more that can can take away from that and that hospitality, that mindset. So. Um, You know, I think you've described very well why hospitality is important, um, you know, and kind of I'd be interested to know how you see it overlapping um, when it comes to things such as training, things such as programming, uh, how hospitality and senior living can kind of overlap there.
1: Well, you know, it it goes to... um, Just, it's, you know, you want to instill in your employee that first and foremost, yeah, it is a customer mindset, but having that mindset of a customer mindset is just really nothing other than giving the utmost respect and dignity to the seniors, right? So if you respect somebody and you value them then you are going to just automatically treat them you know with honor so i think it's drilling down to that mindset um but we have to you know you have to hire the right people who possess the same values and morals when i was the executive director i found it very easy to train somebody who To, you know, wait on um, Mrs. Smith or to foresee what their needs are, you know, to help them um, be proactive in their care. So it's easy to train somebody who has those values and morals if they come in and they already have that passion and heart for senior care. So your hiring process is, you know, the key to the first step. And then you want to equip and empower your employees. You you need to make sure that the training is there, um, but then you also allow them to make judgment calls. Um, you know, and, and trust that they have uh, that they have the knowledge to um, make key decisions in the care of the residents. And then you want to get out of their way. You want to make sure you're not, you know, hovering over them, get out, let them do their work.
0: Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you a little bit about was the value of training. You know, I, one of the things I, I feel there's a tide starting to turn a little bit, but I think we, our hand was forced by the issues with the labor market. Um, you know, a lot of experience uh, from, from my perspective in the past has been, you know, training is is important. We want to get them onboarded. But a lot of times the ongoing training, the, you know, are we giving them enough time up front to do the the proper amount of training to best understand what's expected to be able to empower them, like you were saying, to be successful? A lot of times that gets lost in the translation of, hey, we need somebody on the floor on Tuesday. It's Friday. Can we get somebody in and get them through their required hours by this date? And then, boom, they're ready to go and put them on the floor. Um, I'm curious how how, um, your experience in hospitality and what you had to do with all the different companies you work with, such as Hyatt. and how that training and kind of that approach to training can be successful and benefit us in senior living.
1: Yeah, um, you know when I I was running the assisted living community, training was one of the biggest reasons why I left. Um, a new management company came in uh, and took over, and the prior company was doing a great job and put value into training. They um, understood that you have to pour into these employees, especially when it comes to memory care. You can't just pull somebody off the street and put them on the floor in memory care and expect a successful day. Um, You have to understand what's going on with the residents. You have to understand how to interact with a memory care resident. So training is the key to success there. And if from the top level, they're not valuing training and they're not willing to pour the dollars into it, um, the result is going to be where this company that I worked for um, lawsuits, there were neglect lawsuits, there was wrongful death lawsuit. So it just, it makes sense to train, train, train.
0: Yeah. And yeah, I, I feel like that, you know, training, it, it like I said, gets overlooked, but I think a lot of times, you know, there's not the value of the employee in the process. You know, we're training to get to that end point of that person being able to fill a spot on a schedule. Sometimes it feels like, and so, you know, the the training, um, kind of as you talked about, can go a long way, in, uh, you know, not just keeping employees happy, but also protecting residents and protecting the business, because you know, if if they know what's expected, if they're able to be empowered to make the right choices, um, because they've been trained on what's acceptable and what's not, uh, you know that it's a small amount to pay up front, I guess. The return on investment for that training um, can be significant if it's done right and it's valued correctly.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, going back to the way that we get to implement our training and um, of our employees in Hunters, you know, in, in Honduras, what we're dealing with is a culture of... Um, people who don't trust each other. There is a lot of um, misgivings on, you know, what is the next person? When are they going to backstab you? And when, when are they going to steal and rob from you? And, you know, you walk around and there's guards everywhere with rifle guns. And so we want to go in and change the culture. And really, bring our employees in and give them um, an atmosphere of trust.
0: So Stacey, you've mentioned creating trust and, and trusting and empowering employees. I want to kind of get into that a little deeper because I feel that that's a huge piece of the the tr- not just the training of employees, but also kind of the business model and, and how we can make a difference in, in senior living. So i'd love for you to talk a little bit about your perspective on creating an environment of trust for employees
1: yeah you know it when i was in honduras a couple weeks ago we were touring an orphanage and the orphanage is a large one they they have about 40 children there all different ages boys and girls and talking to the parents the house parents and um, they're American and an American had built this orphanage so it's a very beautiful big orphanage and we're getting ideas like how do we take care of our kids and what's the best way and we're touring around and I noticed that they had cameras and I said to the mom I said oh you have cameras everywhere is that you know, necessary. And she said, Oh, yes, you definitely want to have cameras. She said, um, you know, they're even though these are our own children, we can't trust them. Um, uh-huh. We will find that they will go and steal their brother's shoes and go sell it on the street for some pocket change. So yes, we have to have cameras everywhere. And interesting um and so when we came back to the states and i was working with my team here and talking things out on how our design and build is going to look in our assisted living um and home for the kids and i mentioned yeah you know i remember we have to have cameras and i said but um we have to have cameras but when we're designing this I said we don't want to have everything locked up that's where the conversation went I we were talking about memory care mm-hmm. how how can memory care look different how can we put you know people with dementia amongst people who don't without having to lock them up and where they feel that they're in prison and my co-worker said oh well remember The house mom said, you have to lock everything up because they'll steal everything. And I just, that just hit me as so wrong. Like, where's the trust? And I said, no, we're going to have cameras, but we're going to tell our employees and we're going to tell our residents that the cameras are there because we're bringing outside people in. We bring people from, you know, vendors in and different healthcare workers into our home. So we want to protect you, but the yeah. message is not we have cameras all over the place because we don't trust you, and I think that changes somebody's thinking. And my coworker said, "Well, you know, what are you going to do when you do see one of the um, children stealing something?" I said, "Well, we're going to handle it just like you would handle it with your, you know, with any child of your own." Right. you would sit them down and you would say to them, I see on the camera that, yes, it was you who took those shoes. And I want to express how disappointed I am in you. But why did you feel that the need to steal those shoes and go sell them? What what's going on? You know, yes, right. there'll be consequences. You're going to have consequences. But we we love you. Um, and we're, we're going to punish you. But let's talk about this. Yeah, I- I that's we to do it with our employees too right
0: yeah i feel that you know in hearing you talk about creating that environment of trust one of the things that can come out of that is you know yes you know there's a focus on the training and making sure that it's done really well but if you create an environment of trust that is kind of the the baseline of what's expected that lets you empower employees you know that way they they will go above and beyond and provide those exceptional services and the personalized services to the resident you know it's not just a i'm here i'll check the box so i don't get in trouble but it takes it a step further of, we trust you to know what to do we've taught you what to do so now when you see something take action and, and make it right and try and be, do the best by the resident as you can i think it really kind of right can evolve into something like that
1: yeah it reminds me of a time um when one of my med techs came to me and told me that she mixed up medications she gave mr jones's medication to mr smith by accident and i was very grateful to her that she felt comfortable in trusting me that um you know to tell me that instead of hiding it and not addressing the problem and not calling the doctor and finding out what we should do so you know it is so important and yeah there was a consequence to it because she had to be written up she wasn't following the right protocol Mm -hmm. but you know the consequences could have been a death right yeah um having a trusting environment, she felt super bad. I felt super bad. You know, we hugged over it and, you know, you move on and I can tell you she's never going to make that mistake again.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's so important in that. I mean, that is in of itself a moment of training, right? Like we're training those employees either to, if you make a mistake and you're going to be significant consequences that maybe you should just sweep it under the rug versus, hey, I made a mistake. I brought it to our attention. Let's fix the mistake. Let's handle the situation. Let's make it right. And I think that goes so much further. You know, with the environment we're in with you know staffing, and I know that everybody's talking, staffing, staffing, staffing right now creating, you know, that first scenario of the stupid under the rug, well, that employee's probably not staying very long, right? Something's going to come to light. All this other stuff is going to kind of come out and it's going to be, well, now we have to let you go. And they're really probably not a good performing employee anyway. Whereas in that second one, you've built that environment of trust. They trust you, you trust them. And those mistakes become learning opportunities and, and you gain the value of having that employee stay with you and grow with you and then be able to be even better at what they do because of it. So I think creating that uh, trust is so important. So I wanted to ask you um, from a leader's perspective, um, how can a leader create that environment of trust? You know, we've talked about why it's important, but how can they do that?
1: You know, it's a simple answer. You lead by example. So, you know, you have to um, always operate in your world in a manner of um, good moral character. And, you know, it's something that I teach my kids all the time. I have this litmus test of before you do anything or say anything, um, or any action take an action run it through the thought process of would my words or would my actions make Jesus smile I tell them that that's our golden rule so right. would, you know you can't go wrong if you're doing that so yeah. if if that word or your action is not going to be pleasing
0: then don't do it so that's, yeah that's no a simple
1: I, way of I, staying on course
0: yeah no and I mean, I think a lot of times we overthink things as leaders, like I've got to create this new process and I've got to do A, B, Z, C, X, Y, Z. But really, it just comes down to how you message, how you value the employee uh, and how you communicate with them. Right. It, those two pieces of the puzzle can be so simple uh, in, in just discussing it like we are. But if you execute it, I mean, it becomes such a a, a huge component of creating trust and kind of, like we said, empowering the employee to be uh, one that does things the right way, whether or not you're watching them. So I think it's so important what you say.
1: And that's the beauty. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. It's the beauty of this project and Hands for Life. What we're creating is that, like you said, it doesn't need to be complicated. So we're we're taking assisted living and we're taking training our employees and creating this utopia of environment by keeping it all very simple. Let's throw out all of the um, bad habits, the bad ways, and just like start from scratch and create something that's very beautiful that is um, customer resident centered and that honors everybody who's involved on honoring your employees honoring your residents um honoring you know your your co-workers so very simple
0: yeah no it's uh, i'm excited for you for what you're doing um so i think you know stacy thank you so much for for joining me uh on on the podcast uh, will you tell everybody how they can learn more about Hands for Life and, and where to reach out and, and get involved if they want to?
1: Sure. Um, our website is hands, H-A-N-D-S, the number four, and then life, L-I-F-E dot net, handsforlife.net. So there's lots of opportunities um, for people to come alongside us and help We're We're growing rapidly, so it's like Hillary Clinton said, it takes a village.
0: It takes a village. So, Stacey, thanks so much for joining me on Tips for Trestle, and best of luck with Hands for Life. We're going to be watching you, so thank thank you. Thank you. So there you have it, another one in the books. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. You can follow or direct message me on LinkedIn where I'm always commenting and posting about food, hospitality, and leadership for the senior living industry. Or give me a follow on Twitter at AHFish or Instagram at Aaron H. Fish. And check out my company, Trestle Hospitality Concepts, at www.trestlehospitalityconcepts.com. I'm your host, Aaron Fish, and this has been another episode of tips from Trestle.